Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal. My soul is thirsty again this morning. Lord, it is always a good thing to come into your presence. It is always a blessing to come into your presence. To come into your presence to magnify the God of gods. To magnify the God of the entire universe. To magnify the one who is God Almighty. Lord, it is a wonderful privilege. And so this morning we declare that you are the one who is faithful. We declare this morning that you are the one who is righteous. Only you can be called holy. So we join the angels this morning and cry out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, the God who cannot die, the God who is from everlasting to everlasting. We give you all the praise this morning. We give you all the glory this morning. Alpha and Omega be glorified. Father and God of my Lord Jesus Christ be glorified once again in the name of Jesus. Lord, as we spend this time in, our, in your presence to read our Bibles again this morning, we ask that you will speak to us. Grant us wisdom and understanding in your word, and let your name be glorified in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, let me say a big welcome to everyone joining in to devotion this morning. I am Murphy Eyenike. So we continue our study, so finally we will be able to start reading our Bibles now, remember that I promised that we are going to read the New Testament again together. When we get to the book of Hebrews, we will read the book of Leviticus first in the Old Testament. To understand the message of the book of Hebrews, you must understand the message, the communication in the book of Leviticus. So we will read Leviticus first of all and then we'll continue reading the new testament and when we get to the book of revelation we will read the book of daniel first and then we will read the book of revelation while reading the book of revelation we will read we will reread other books books like first thessalonian second thessalonian the books that make clear what is going on what is going to happen in the end time okay and then when we are true um a few other studies i want us to do and i'm th and i think we will be true for this year um so we in the last six days we've looked at three very important topic that affects our bible and the interpretation of the word of god as we see it um we started yesterday you know we uh, or the day before the day before we we began our discussions our discussions around 
Canonization. Canonization and the purpose for studying, for taking that short study, was for us to understand that the Bible that we have today is the inspired Word of God, the canon of the, of the Word of God. In other words, we can be sure that what we have today in our Bibles, I don't expect that um, new books will be found. Yes, manuscripts of what we have, new manuscripts of what we have today might be found and they might throw new lights into maybe verses, um, verses that might have been maybe one or two words from verses that might have been misquoted, uh, but nothing should change. So what we have today is the revealed word of God. So we looked at canonization. We also looked at transmission of how our Bible got to us. And there we discuss the tradition, the manuscript tradition, and how when the Bible was first being written down, um, they were written down in Palpyrus manuscripts that were then transmitted down. Okay, some of those manuscripts are still being found today. Many of them are in the are in universities, you know, in the UK, in Ireland. Okay, you can still go and visit and see those manuscripts for yourself. They are as far back as the first century, the second century, AD 200, AD 100, and all of that. And the transmission helps us to understand that we can be fairly sure, okay? accurate, sure, that what we have today was what was delivered to the apostles. Now, many say, because we have over 5,000 manuscripts, we have that many manuscripts because a lot of people were writing. But when we bring together all that has been, all of the manuscripts that have been found, we can be fairly sure that what we have today is the word of God. And lastly, okay, and that was about six days ago, we discussed the doctrine of inspiration. And I said, look, the word of God is inspired by the Holy Spirit. Men did not just start writing because they wanted to, to, to just write on their own. Some of them were writing down history, like you will see in the Old Testament. Okay, some of them were, were writing down poems even. And, and you have a fear of that in the Old Testament. But they knew that they were writing. Some of them knew that they were writing down the word of God. Many times God spoke to people and they knew they were writing down the very words of God. Okay, so the Bible is inspired by the Holy Spirit. Inspired by God himself. This is the word of God. And so we treat it as such. We treat it as such and we hold it there in our hearts. Before we start reading Matthew, the book of Matthew this morning, I just want to remind us again um, some of the studies we have done previously on interpretation. Never forget that the Bible was not written in English. We are reading it today in English, but it was not written in, to us in English. Um, the Old Testament was written in two basic languages, in Hebrew and in Aramaic. Aramaic is a language very close to Hebrew, but um, different slightly. But it was written in Hebrew, 
and in Aramaic. Our New Testament was written in, in, in Greek. In Greek. When the first, the first translations that were made were made to Latin. Okay? They were made to Latin. And it was from the Latin, the Latin language that um, we then have the King James Version. The King James Version, okay? Um, the, some of the first Bible, I mentioned some of the people that we should pay, Erasmus, people like Erasmus, and um, what was the name of this other man? I remember Erasmus currently. People like Erasmus, you know, who helped us, you know, do the first set of translation they were translating from latin okay and you know that when you go from language to language there is always a challenge there is always a challenge however some of these challenges have been tackled with time and that's why you have a so you will see those who attack us and say we have so many translations we have so many translations. We have the New Living Translation. We have the NIV version, version. We have the Message Bible. We have the Passion Translation. We have the King James Version, the New King James Version, the Living Bible. You know, so which one should we hold on to? My advice is watch out for the translations that were made. In fact, maybe I will mention this tomorrow. But watch out for the translation that were made using the most recent, the earliest manuscripts. Okay, the most recent manuscripts that have been found that go far back as the first century because they go closer. They are going back to the authors. Then in school, they will say, go back to the authors, go back to the authors. The goal is always to go back to the original authors. Okay, so translation that the new living translation the niv bible you know use some of these manuscripts so we can be very sure that we will not be struggling with problems like misinterpretation under interpretation or overt interpretation we will not be trying to take the word of god our goal is not to take the word of god out of context we are not trying to make the word of god say what we want it to say but we understand that we are going from, from Greek to English, okay? Um, in fact, there are people who say you cannot understand the Bible unless you have studied Greek, okay? Unless you have studied Greek. While that might be fairly accurate, I think the New Living Translation and the NIV give us a good interpretation of what Greek, okay? What Greek is saying in the scriptures, Okay, so we can read this morning fairly sure that we are reading the Word of God. Okay, so please get your Bibles. Let's read Matthew. We we'll start reading from the book of Matthew this morning. And, and basically, I am just going to be commenting. So this is more Bible commentary. We'll be reading together. So you should have your Bible in front of you. Have a Bible in front of you. We want to read together. When we get to Hebrews, then we will study a bit, right? Uh-huh. When we get to Revelation, in fact, with Revelation, we will study We will study a bit. I tend to take the Revelation every year because we, every year because we are in the end times. Whether you were told or not, you have heard it for me, we are in the end times. The things said in Revelation 
are happening right before our eyes. All right, Matthew chapter 1, the ancestors of Jesus the Messiah. Since this is a record of the ancestors of Jesus the Messiah, a descendant of David and Abraham, a descendant, so Jesus is a descendant of David and the and Abraham. He says Abraham was the father of Isaac. Abraham was the father of Isaac. Obviously, I'm reading the New Living Translation. Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac was the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Judah and his brothers. Judas, Judah was the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. Perez was the father of Ezron. Ezron was the father of Ram. Ezra was the father of Ram. Ram was the father. Okay, so I do not want to... If we wanted to study, then we would have gone to we would have gone to First Chronicles, First Chronicles chapter two, verse nine and ten. What you would have seen there is Aram. Okay, so remember we are translating that has been translated from Aramaic or from Hebrew to Greek, and now from Greek to English. Okay, so the word the person we are calling Ram is the same person as Aram. Okay, Ezron was the father of Ram. Ram was the father of Aminadab. Aminadab was the father. Aminadab was the father of Nashon. Nashon was the father of Salmon. Salmon was the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz was the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Now, someone might ask, so what's the benefit of why do we need to know all of this? Um, from about Jesus, what's the advantage of knowing this about Jesus? First of all, it is to realize that Jesus at least came through a lineage, a clear lineage, and this is from the tribe of Judah, right? The fact that he came through the, the line of Judah it's also a fulfillment of a promise that God had made to the tribe of Judah that the scepter was not going to leave that tribe, okay? But you also know that in reading, in reading through his lineage, we see women being mentioned in this lineage. And there will be women that many of us will not, will not find as, um, as virtuous. Tamar, you know, uh, and then you have Rahab, you know. They will not be women that, and then Ruth. You know, there will not be women that we will call virtuous. And so not everyone in the line, in the lineage of Jesus were, were perfect beings or angels that fell down from heaven. No, still God used them to give us the Messiah. Okay, I wanted to point out, point that out. Boaz was the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Another thing we are paying attention to is tracing the lineage of the Messiah, Jesus, you know, to present him as a descendant of David and Abraham. Why was that necessary for Matthew? It is because of the audience that Matthew is writing to. So for each of the gospel, depending on the audience that it was being addressed to, it was important, okay, to to present or the message that went out 
went out, the cannon that went out, went out to reach them. And so, if I was a Jew, okay, it would be by far, this would be a better communication to me because I now know that Jesus is from the tribe, from the tribe of Judah, and then, of course, naturally from, uh, from the nation of Israel. So he says that whose mother was Ruth, Obed was the father. Obed was the father of Jesse. Jesse was the father of King David. David was the father of Solomon, whose mother was Bathsheba. Again, another woman that you would not consider virtuous was Bathsheba, the widow of Uriah. I'm sure you know the woman that David saw beating outside and then David took her, slept with her and eventually she becomes pregnant. He kills her husband Uriah and eventually the child will die. That woman eventually still gives birth to Solomon telling you that God, see, what you call rubbish, what you call trash, what you call useless, God uses for his own glory okay very important solomon was the father of rehoboam rehoboam was the father of abijah abijah was the father of esa esa was the father of jehoshaphat was the, the father of jehoshaphat again in the greek as esa or asa will be esaf with a with an f but we go on esa was the father of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat was the father of Jehoram. Jehoram was the father of Uzziah. Uzziah was the father of Jotam. Jotam was the father of Ahaz. Ahaz was the father of Ezekiah. Ezekiah was the father of Manasseh. Manasseh was the father of Ammon. Ammon was the father of Josiah. Josiah was the father of Jehoachin and his brothers born at the time of the exile to Babylon. After the Babylonian exile, Jehoashim was the father of Sheetiel. Sheetiel was the father of Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel was the father of Abiud. Abiud was the father of Eliakim. Eliakim was the father of Azor. Azor was the father of Zadok. Zadok was the father of Akim. Akim was the father of Eliud. Eliud was the father of Eliza. Eliza was the father of Matan. Matan was the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. Okay, so this is traced to the lineage of Joseph. Of Joseph. I think when we check the when the lineage is traced for, for Luke, he pays attention, tracing it to Mary. But this is traced to the lineage of Joseph because he was also from the tribe of Judah. Since the husband of Mary and Mary gave birth to Jesus who is called the Messiah. See, all those listed above include 14 generations from Abraham to David, 14 from David to the Babylonian exile, and 14 from the Babylonian exile to the Messiah. So 42 generations in all. Now, verse, from verse 18, it's about the birth of Jesus. This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, 
she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us that while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant. Okay? She was not impregnated by Joseph. She became pregnant while she was still a virgin. And so, that was through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom Jesus was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So, he decided to break the engagement quietly. What does that mean? Naturally, a virgin shouldn't be pregnant, right? <laughs> yes, and, and also, Joseph had not married her. Um, if, if he marries her pregnant, then he is accepting that he slept with her. Okay, um, they committed fornication before they got married. They would have been fined according to the law. They, would have, they have actually broken the law. But the Bible says that, look, Joseph, being an honorable man, a righteous man, uh, did not want to disgrace her. I'm sure he believed her publicly, knowing that he didn't do anything to her. Uh, maybe she, were, she would have been checked by the older women, and they would have seen that she was still a virgin. He says, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, Joseph, son of David. The angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are. Joseph is the one to name Jesus, not Mary. And you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophets. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. Emmanuel, which means God with us. If you read, of course, you can read about this in Isaiah chapter 7. So one of the things I will be doing is that when the Bible points out, we call this intertextual reference or quotations. Many times, the New Testament will reference something in the Old Testament. And this is one of the most uh, difficult, actually, sincerely. If you are a Bible student, you know that intertextual quotes, it's one that you will struggle with the most. Because many times when the people from the New Testament were quoting, they were quoting the Greek, the Greek okay, translation that had been translated that has been translated that they have the old testament of then that has been translated to a greek version oftentimes would be what they will be quoting okay so maybe not jesus but a lot of the apostles were quoting from the greek versions okay and usually you will see variations i will point out one or two if i can if i remember tomorrow you will see a, a, a few variations here and there but yes, his name was to be called Emmanuel, which means God is with us. So when Jesus woke, when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded, he did as the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife, married her, okay, even while she was pregnant. But he did not have sexual relations, relations with her until her child was born. And Joseph named him Jesus. Joseph named him Jesus. So let's stop here today. I trust God that this will be an interesting study for us. Again, I pray that you will be blessed. I, Like I have said, since 1996, 
I've read my Bible through once every year. This year, I would have read the New Testament through at least four times. I want to encourage you to spend time reading the Word of God. Yes, read your Bible and understand it. Pray for understanding this morning, and that's what I want us to pray for. Ask God that as we read through the Bible together, you will understand the Word of God. Yes, you will understand His Word. That God will give you a passion for His Word in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we say thank you once again. This morning, we just declare that we want to love you more and more. We want to know you better and better. So I pray for everyone listening in this morning. Give them a passion for your word. Give us the strength, the fortitude to read your word every single day. And let your name be glorified in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right. Thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.